0: There's an after Christmas activity that's essential to people about that age, to to kids. Uh, There's an after Christmas activity that's essential to the celebration. It usually takes place after everything's quieted down. You know, family's gone back home. The house has been cleaned up a little bit and, and life has settled back down. And sometimes it comes as a phone call. Oftentimes when I was little, it came as a call to come across the road, come come and cross the street. But it's that, it's that celebration, It's that invitation to come be astounded at how well Christmas went for me. Come and see my new toys. Come and see what I got for Christmas. There's a little competition in it, of course. A little bit of envy, a little bit of jealousy, a little bit of bragging in that come and see. You know, the toys I got are better than the toys you got. But it wasn't just an invitation to come and see. It was an invitation to come and play. Come over to my house and play with the new toys that I got for Christmas. I remember the year that Jeff Reardon back here called me up and said, come and play with my new Atari that I got for Christmas and life was never the same again after that. I remember the time I got a call to come and play with the new slot car racetrack that a friend of mine had gotten and that friend happened to have been my older brother Brad, 17 years older than me. He must have been pushing 30. And he called me to come out and play with his new slot car racetrack that he had gotten for Christmas that year. Come and see. It just seems like the most natural thing in the world. You're excited about something. You want your friends to be excited about it. And so you invite them. Come. Come and see. What about faith? What about church? What about what we do here? I have to believe that you're here in part because what we do here is important to you. You know that life is better when you have a faith community around you, encouraging you and supporting you when you're offering support to others. You find purpose for your life in what we do together. So what would happen if our response to what we do here was to turn to our friends who aren't here and just say, Come and see. Come and see what we're doing. For the last three years, we've had to learn a whole new vocabulary when it comes to our interactions with each other. We've had to learn words like social distancing. We've had to learn to shelter in place. And our new normal has gotten so old, but we've gotten used to those changes. You know, classrooms went online, events went online, I've attended concerts online, there have been online graduations, and of course, church has gone online also, and and we have been blessed to be able to adapt to this new, old, normal. But something within us still cries out for relationships. Relationships. Something within us still cries out for interaction. We want friendship. We want time together to encourage one another to come and see. It's a call we even hear in Scripture. It's a call we find on the first pages of John's Gospel. We're going to be in John chapter 1 today, beginning in verse 35. John 1, beginning in verse 35. It's page 886 in those blue Bibles, if you want to follow along there. John 1, beginning in verse 35. John writes, The next day, again, John, and the John he's writing about there, by the way, is John the Baptist. The next day, again, John the Baptist was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he, Jesus, said to them, Come, and you will see and so they came and saw where He was staying. And they stayed with Him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. Come and see. You know, it's a call we're going to hear several times in John's Gospel. And here, the very first use of this invitation is a, it's a call to come and see Jesus. Come and see where Jesus is present. It's a simple request made by two men. By the way, two men who as of yet are unnamed. We don't have their names yet. It's a simple request they have of Jesus. Where are you staying? Where can we find you? I hear curiosity in that question. I hear an eagerness in that question, an eagerness to know more about Jesus. Where are you staying? And Jesus responds, come and see. And the verse ends telling us that they spent the rest of the day with him i think it's significant to notice to notice how they ask though because john actually emphasizes it for us if you look again at the last part of verse 38 they said to him rabbi which means teacher where are you staying rabbi which john says means teacher but what does it mean to call someone your rabbi to say that you are my rabbi you see it's more than just teacher rabbi means master it means i am submitting myself to you i will learn from you i will follow you i will do whatever you ask of me and the very first thing that jesus asks of them come and see this past week we had a lot of people passing through the doors of these of this building they they came to pay respects to some families that were hurting they came to mourn together they came to comfort those families There are a lot of places you can go in our world for comfort. There are a lot of places you can go. There are a lot of organizations that do good work. There are clubs that will support you. There are clubs that will encourage you. But you realize the church is unique in one claim, and that is that we claim to bring you into the actual presence of Jesus here. This is the body of Christ. And when people come here, we have a responsibility of making sure they can see Jesus through us, through the way that we care for them, through the way that we love one another. So in verse 38, they ask the question, where are you staying? And Jesus responds, come and see. And as of yet, these men have no names, but the very next verse clears that up for us. Verse 40, one of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew Simon Peter's brother oh Andrew Andrew's one of the 12 he's one of the apostles and of course we recognize Simon Peter we we read on in verse 41 and at first he, he first found his own brother Simon and said to him we have found the Messiah which means Christ And He brought him to Jesus. He brought him to come and see Jesus. Jesus looked at Peter, at Simon, and said, so you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. He calls His brother Simon to come and see the Messiah. Simon becomes Peter. Simon Peter who preaches on the day of Pentecost. Simon Peter who leads the church. Simon Peter who wrote and preached and shaped so much of our faith to this day. Simon Peter of whom it was said that he along with the others, they turned their world upside down. And it all began because someone who knew him, someone who loved him, his brother simply asked him to come and see. It's not just to come and see Jesus, though. You see, in that simple invitation, there is a tremendous promise. It is also a call to come and see the goodness of God. John continues. He introduces us to Jesus and and His disciples. Verse 43, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. And He found Philip and said to him, Follow Me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote Jesus of Nazareth, the, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Can anything good Come out of Nazareth? Now, you've got to understand because you and I are very influenced by the Bible and we know Nazareth. That's the hometown of Jesus. That's a special place. Nazareth is is full of promise. But in that day, in those days, Nazareth Nazareth was the sticks. It was hillbillies that lived in Nazareth. It was backwoods. It was backwards. It was just a bunch of hicks. If you've watched the TV series The Chosen, we have this scene played out in, in an episode and Nathaniel asks the same question. "Get anything good come out of Nazareth? And the, the, the line goes on and he says of Nazareth, it's a little dump on a craggy hilltop. There are no paved roads. There are no public buildings. They barely have a synagogue. The families are illiterate day laborers and peasants. They sleep under the same roof as their livestock. I want to remind you we just got done celebrating that, right? We just got done singing songs about the away in a manger and, and where ox and ass lay sleeping. You know, we uh, we, we sang songs, we celebrated that uh, that nativity. But in that world Nazareth was the sticks. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Kansas? For that matter. Can anything good come out of Kansas? Do the people around us see anything good coming out of this community? This community community. I can't tell you how many times I run into somebody from another town. And I, I'm honestly, it's happened more than once. I run into somebody from another town. We get to talking. I introduce myself. They say, Where are you from? And I say, Kansas, and they laugh. And they say, you know what? we subscribe to your village facebook page it's hilarious those people will fight and argue about anything and i hang my head and I say, yeah 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 we, yeah we do that's that's us can anything good come out of kansas i i know it can I know better. I know that you know better, but it is a battle for us. It's a battle for us in this community. It is a battle for us in this world. I mean, there's already a prejudice in our world against small communities. There's already a prejudice against small towns. And we're getting famous for bickering and arguing over anything and everything. I don't want to be known for that. I don't want our community to be the butt of jokes around here. That means that you and I have to work all the harder to make sure that the goodness of God is seen in our community that we're going to have to convince some people come and see. Come and see that something good comes out of Kansas. This past week on Wednesday during the funeral dinner, we almost got scammed. And some of you have heard this story because I have told it over and over again, and it is worth hearing the whole story, but I'm not going to give you the whole story right now. We had a phone call during the funeral dinner from someone who was crying and saying, I need help. And they were telling us that they lived here in Kansas and they were on a trip and their car broke down and you name it, it had happened broke down and we need food and we need money and we've got a poor starving little baby and I start talking to these people and I'm like the story doesn't quite line up when I asked them for their address they told me where they lived and I said that's Bob Motley's house (laughs) and I think that's when they realized that you know, just surfing Google Maps for a while and (laughs) finding a community and a church wasn't probably going to get them what they wanted I want you to know two things. First of all, I did due diligence to make sure we were, that it was a scam. You know, I, wanted, I wanted to make sure that it, whether it was or wasn't a scam, I did due diligence to make sure that, there, that whether or not their story is true. But even after I had convinced myself that it was a scam, I went out driving just to make sure we didn't have a neighbor in need that we didn't know. Because if someone in this community reaches out to us and wants help, I want to help our neighbors. I want to be known as a place where our neighbors are going to be helped, where our neighbors are going to be cared for. I went driving, I went out and met some new people in our community, which was wonderful because I wanted to make sure that if this wasn't a scam, I want to be be there to help someone. If someone calls us for help, I want them to see the goodness of Jesus through us through the way that we help them. I want them to see that there's more than just arguing and complaining in this town. and I want this church, to be exactly what Jesus calls the church to be. A, a light set on a hillside. you know, A, a hilltop. I want us to, to be a light to our world. A light to our community. I want people to know they can encounter Jesus here and they will see His goodness in us and for all of us. For all of us, I want us all to know that we can come and see new possibilities for our faith. This encounter between Jesus and His first disciples, it's not just come and see Jesus. No, no, it's not just come and see that something good does come out of Nazareth or something good does come out of Kansas. These are life-changing encounters. More than that, they are world-changing encounters. None of these men who meet Jesus this day will ever be the same because of Jesus. And that's the same Jesus that you and I still invite people to come and see. Verses 46-50. through Nathanael said to him again, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and he said, Behold! An Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you... You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. Now John doesn't give us all the details about this encounter between Jesus and Nathanael. What is apparent though, is that at some point earlier, Nathanael was sitting under a fig tree. Some point earlier, he's, he's sitting under a fig tree. Now, if you've seen the movie or the TV series again, The Chosen, this is presented, Nathaniel under the fig tree is presented as a moment of despair for him. He has realized that, that he is going to be giving up. He has to give up on everything he's ever dreamed of being, everything, everything he's ever wanted to do. He is alone in that scene. The Bible doesn't say that, but it's a nice scene nevertheless. But what does seem apparent from the Scriptures is that Jesus somehow, miraculously, supernaturally, He knew Nathanael already. He knew His heart just as He knows your heart. Just as He knows those moments when you've given up on something. And just as He knows that there are possibilities that you cannot even imagine yet. Jesus finishes up verse 51. He says to Nathanael, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. What's he saying? You will see heaven open? You will see the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man? If, if you remember, your Old Testament, if you've been reading through Genesis this year, starting in your Bible reading, maybe you've gotten to that story way back in Genesis of Jacob, who would later be known as Israel, Jacob falling asleep, using a pillow, using a rock as a pillow. And as he sleeps, he has a vision of a ladder connecting heaven and earth. And on that ladder, there are angels of the Lord ascending and descending. Going up to the heavens, coming back down from the heavens, coming down to earth. And the vision was that through His family, through His offspring, there would be a bridge between heaven and earth. There would be a connection. Jesus says, I am that connection. I am that ladder. Through offering Himself, through His love, through His sacrifice, He connects heaven and earth. He is the one not just that takes us to heaven, but He is the one who brings... Heaven, here. Remember the prayer He taught us to pray? Your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. And He provides a way for us here and now to live beyond just this life. He shows us there are new possibilities because of our faith in Him. And He invites us just come and see those possibilities. I wonder if one of the reasons why the people in our community seem to love to bicker and argue and pick on one another, I wonder if one of the reasons is they don't see, they're not capable of seeing the possibilities that are out there for them. The possibilities that are here for them. The possibilities that are beyond just what they've experienced so far. The possibilities beyond the disappointments that they have. The possibilities beyond just life here and now. They can't see a way for something greater for themselves or for our community. I wonder if it's because they have no vision for what more they could become and what we could become together. I wonder, will they ever see those possibilities? I don't think they'll ever see them without Jesus. I don't think they'll ever see them without His goodness working through us and through them. And I don't think they will see that without that invitation to simply come and see. Jesus sees things for Nathanael that he can't begin to imagine for himself. And I know that's true for you and me too. I know that's true for you and me. I know there are possibilities for us as individuals and as a church that we have not yet begun to imagine. I know there are possibilities for you and me for holiness where before we've only felt shame because of mistakes that we've made in our past. I know there's possibilities for love where before maybe we've only found abandonment. I know there's possibilities for recovery. I know there's possibilities for healing. And I know there's possibilities for usefulness in our community and even more, in the kingdom that Jesus connects us to. And it begins with that simple invitation. Just come and see. Come and see in 23. That's, that's my encouragement for you today. That's my encouragement for us this year. Just ask people to come and see. For those around us, for those who know us, for those that we love, who, who are part of our friendship who need our friendship and even more, they need a place to belong, to serve Jesus, to know that He's here, to see His goodness overflowing and to realize that there are possibilities in their faith that they have not yet begun to see yet. Maybe you've got a friend who feels stuck. Invite them to come and see. Maybe there's someone you know who's lonely. Invite them to come and see. Be a part of what we're doing here. Maybe it's someone who's been hurt and doesn't think they can ever heal over that. Maybe it's someone who's been hurt and says, I don't think I can ever trust again. There's some people out there who've been hurt and they say, I don't think I can ever trust a church again. Let's invite them to come and see. Let's be ready to show them that Jesus is here. Let's be ready to show them His goodness And that God has possibilities for them through faith that they haven't even begun to imagine for themselves. Jesus promises to meet us here through this time. He he promises to meet us through the table, through the breaking of the bread, through the, through the, the sharing of the cup. It's not about the bread. It's not about the cup. It's about the life that we live together. It's about the the hope that we share in Him. Let me pray. We'll sing a song and then we'll take together. Let's pray. And Father, those simple invitations that we hear in the Word, just simply come and see. Lord, that, that may be all that it needs for somebody to, to change their life. That's all it took for Andrew. That's all it took for Peter. That's all it took for Nathaniel. And Lord, our world has never been the same. Lord, I think about those outside the walls of this church who who may be just floundering and, and, and maybe just sitting there not knowing that there could be something more. And Lord, they have friends here. We could simply invite them to come and see. I pray, Lord, that You lay on our hearts those individuals that that we would say those words to. Uh, Lay on our hearts those that we know, those that we've loved, uh, those that we've shared so much life with. and Let's share with them what we've received from You, the gifts that You've given us. and Let's simply invite them to come and see. Lord, we thank You today for the the life that we know through Your Son's sacrifice. Thank You for the, uh, the, the bread that reminds us of His body broken, the cup that reminds us of bloodshed, it reminds us that in our loneliness and in our despair and in those moments when when we have felt very lost, that Jesus came and saw us and He saw our need and He met our need with His love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.